Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. Get in and how seamlessly the count of four, so I don't have to edit this later. Welcome, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, where I invite movers, makers, shakers, mavericks, influencers, and you'll see where I'm going in a moment. We have a wonderful multimedia influencing sensation in the form of Brittle Star, aka Stuart Reynolds, when in trouble with his wife and or mother, I'm sure. But welcome, welcome, thrice welcome, Stuart Stroke Brittle Star to the Good Listening To Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And and you are an absolute wonderful, wonderful sort of internet sensation. I was really enjoying researching you. You've written a book very recently called Welcome to the Stupid Apocalypse, which are survival tips for Dumbageddon. So I, I was giggling from the get-go. You've done collaborations with the likes of Gordon Ramsay, Ryan Reynolds, and just to blow some really happy smoke at you, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people watch your films weekly but I think you've got the accolade of having had about 600 million downloads over time. Yes, I, it's something, isn't it, for me? Isn't it for yes. an old guy like myself, right? And you, you, I love the fact that you're the internet's favourite dad, but unproven <laughs> with an asterisk. There's so, a caveat there. It's like a little sort of asterisk there that's sort of just a disclaimer, just so that we can't get sued. You know what I mean? Gets you I, someone else is a more favourite. I completely hear you. And obviously you're a very, very proud Canadian. And that's often the sort of main raison d'etre of what it is you're you're tweeting, filming, going viral with and about. And you do a lot of very clever endorsements of stuff like KFC and just a wonderful palette of stuff. So just go back a track, first of all. Where's where does Brittle Star come from? How did you end up with that tag, if you like? Sure. So the the name Brittle Star started as a band name back in 2004. Uh, I, I've been involved in music and, and writing and recording music for a long time. I'd done radio jingles and all that kind of stuff. And uh, in 2004, I was like, well, if I'm going to make an album, I should just make an album now. And I was lucky enough to work with a guy named Stephen Duffy from The Lilac Time and uh, founder of Duran Duran and worked with Robbie Williams and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he sort of helped guide me through the process. And he's been like a musical hero of mine. So I was, I felt like I had, you know, you play a game with someone who's really good and you're like, okay, I have to really, really try hard here. So I, I did try really hard and uh, the album turned out great, but I was like, no one's going to buy a t-shirt that says Stuart Reynolds on it. That's just not a very cool name to sort of have on a t-shirt. I need a better name. And my oldest son, Owen, was about three at the time. And he used to love, uh, before bed, we'd read this uh, marine life book. And one section was on starfish. Uh, there's a type of starfish called brittle stars. And they are long and spindly. They are really the ugliest of the starfish uh, species. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, the, you know, it's, it's, they also defecate out of their mouths and they see through the <laughs> tentacles. I was like, cool, that sounds, that sounds great to me. It sounds like it's fit perfectly. So I picked brittle stars, just jammed the words together. 
And it kind of went from there. So then fast forward from 2004, uh, in 2013, I started to make more efforts into social media and ended up having a couple of viral videos. And I had all the uh, social handles, all of the domain names, all that kind of stuff that, for Brittlestar. And I thought, well, I'll just stick with that. That's fine. We'll just roll with that and see what happens. I mean, it seemed like such a silly thing to do anyway, so who cared? And uh, and it stuck. And now people who have known me for years, instead of calling me Stuart, will refer to me as Brittle or Brit, which is just bizarre. But anyway, is, whatever. And I'd just like to congratulate you for <laughs> hooking me in with it defecates through its mouth. And the idea of getting your music <laughs> career started with, I know, I'll pick a name which is about defecating stuff from my mouth. Yeah, and then exactly. welcome to the music biz. That's fantastic. It's sort of good. You sort of, uh, you know, it's good to go after your enemies before they can be enemies. Basically, <laughs> you've already taken yes. the window to their sails. So, and a, a brittle star. I think we've got to get the whole world googling as to what an actual brittle star looks like as well. I, I know it looks like you because you're called brittle star, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the, the the monster and the creation that that you've created yeah, a monster. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. They are. They are really not. They're kind of creepy as all hell, and uh, and <laughs> it, it's. It, they they're much much thinner than I am, and uh, they're fascinating creatures, though for sure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I was just so happy, actually. I think about a year ago, when you used to Google Brittle Star, it would always be the the creature that would come up first. And now I occasionally pop up first my Wikipedia page. So take that, Mother Nature. Take that, Mother Nature. Yeah. Also, um, you were invited to the White House to speak at one point, and the question on my lips as soon as I read that was: what, Was that in the ta- in the tenure of Obama, Trump, <laughs> or Biden? That was in the Obama years, uh, and it was 2016 before uh, everything went to hell. And um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. It was a, it was a phenomenal. As a Canadian, it was weird to be there. Because as Canadians, we're it was the world. You you see the White House and lots of pop culture and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was there as part of the uh, arrival ceremony for the Prime Minister of Canada, uh, who was doing his first state visit, and um, it was great. It was just really sort of surreal to be there and very silly and and especially being there in the capacity of a guy who made videos on the internet. It was like okay, I guess this is a thing now. This is this is fun. So yeah. An honor. And I'm, I'm, I like you even more that it was, in my perception, the coolest of the three that I called out there. So I the fact know. that it was in Obama's tenure was fantastic. I always have to do the caveat of saying people when they say I was invited to the White House, you know, the the, the uh, Obama the, years, the yeah. cool years. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Also, um, I would just like to also blow uh, the extra bit of happy smoke at you. I loved the, your description of a butter tart, if I may say, because if you put sex and gold into a blender, you get a butter tart. It's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, I, I mean, that's, it's kind of its own alchemy, really. That's what it is. It's yes, uh, yes. segue into what we're doing. Thank you. <laughs> so for people who don't know, and especially in the UK, butter tarts are a specifically Canadian uh, treat. They're like a small sort of pastry shell and like, it looks like a tart, like a little pie. And uh, and inside that is like a caramelized sugar and butter mixture that has been described by uh, heretic Americans as a pecan pie without the pecans, which is not true, but it's it's close. Uh, and um, was described by my niece when she was about nine. She lives in in London, England, and uh, she described it as it's kind of like a mince 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 pie. And I was like, no, it's not. It's nothing like a mince pie. It's Grow not. Up. It's it's sex and gold in a blender, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Which is really a hard definition for a nine-year-old. I was I wasn't going to go that far. I was like, no. that's fine. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so that's why you're the world's 
favorite dad because I commend your <laughs> parenting skills there. That was lovely. <laughs> so, uh, Brittle Star, would you prefer that I call you Stuart throughout, or would you? Uh, shall I just go for? What would you like me to call you? You can whatever feels right is the right answer. Whatever feels appropriate. Yeah. And by the way, you were passed the golden baton by our mutual friend, an extraordinary human being as well, Gurdeep Panda of the Yukon, who uses yes. his gift of Bangra dancing to dance on the ice scapes of Canada. What an extraordinary yeah. viral sensation he has become as well. He's phenomenal. He's such a, it, what's really frustrating and terribly annoying about Gurdeep is that when you meet him, you're like, damn it, he's just as nice in real life. It's not an act. <laughs> it's like this, he literally walks the walk. Uh, yeah, we were lucky enough to go to Whitehorse to the Yukon and visit him at his cabin. And it was just, it's otherworldly. It's, I mean, he, he's like the most Canadian guy I've ever met in my life. He's like complete Canadian. Lovely. And I, I love the fact you got to actually go to his remote cabin as well. Oh, it was, it was great. It was There was a moment where we were, it was myself my, and my wife, Shannon, and we were sitting in his cabin and it's essentially one room and there's no running water. And there was moments where he, we were sitting on his chairs and couch that he had, and uh, and he was sitting on a, a pillow, like guru style, in the middle of the room, backlit by these two windows, and this sort of very northern light coming through. And I thought, ah, oh, man, I really want to take a picture right now, but I, I, I think it might be weird if I just break conversation and pull my phone up and take a picture. Um, but he's, you know, it's he also offered us tea. And we were like, yo, that'd be lovely. And then we had the tea and we were like, I don't really want to finish the tea. We have to do other things, but I'm not going to waste it. Because he had to, he carts, carts water from uh, Lake Labarge uh, to uh, to his cabin. And you're like, I'm not wasting it. I'm going to drink it. I have to drink it. So, Did you say there were northern lights popping off in the background when you wanted to take the photograph? No, not northern lights popping. Not northern lights or Aurora Borealis. But that, uh, we saw that on the way there in the plane, actually, which yeah. is amazing. Um, but no, just there's a very distinct color to light, like to sunlight in the north. That's very thin. It's very, it's much cooler than a than a more southern uh, color of sunlight. It just got a slight bluish hue to it. It's it's just yeah. just very distinct. And by the way, he was passed the golden baton by another internet sensation, a guy called Patrick Dexter. Have you heard of him? He was yeah. So it, I'm I'm on an extraordinary path and I'm so delighted to meet you because of the the golden storytelling trail of where it takes me. And so mm. I'm intrigued that that Patrick Dexter led to Gurdeep, which led to you. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you here in the clearing. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's exciting. So let's get on the open road of curating you through the journey whereby we're going to talk about a clearing, a tree. I'm going to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. How do you like these apples? We're going to talk about alchemy, gold, a couple of random squirrels, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare, a golden baton and a cake. So it's all to play for. And in fact, you can even have a butter tart if you want as your cake as well. <laughs> so uh, let's get you on the open road. So first of all, Mr. Brittle Star, I'm giving you a more formal title. You say whatever. Good, right? I can, yeah, <laughs> it's, if it feels right, I'll take it. So, uh, Brittle Star, where is what is a clearing for you? Where in your extraordinary mindscape do you go to get clutter-free, inspirational, and able to think? Um, this is going to seem odd, and I, I hesitated when I had a brief thought about this, but I think I'll just go with it. It's the mo it's not in the shower, but it's the moment coming out of the shower and toweling off. So, if you're coming with me and to that journey, just prepare yourself. The towel um, is on, but but loose. Yes. And flicking towels at, at noon or dawn or whatever. That's great. So 
if I may, then, and if it's very, is there a very specific bathroom or just in the world whenever you're on, on the way out of a shower, that's your happy place? I know. I think it's largely at home. I think I, yeah. I don't have the same experience when I'm in hotels traveling or like that. I, I, yes. It's much more at home. I, for whatever reason, it seems really cliche. I remember thinking, oh, maybe I get my ideas like everybody else in the shower. And I thought, no, they don't actually come in the shower. They, it happens in the moment between when the shower is off and I'm coming out and I'm getting ready. And that's kind of like, oh, OK. I don't know why. Yeah, There's wow. probably something something Freudian about it that I don't want to think about. So. We won't need to go there, but we, you've had some epiphanies then. In that, I mean, what do we call that hinterworld between in and out the shower? I've never heard it named as a zone before. <laughs> I, I'm going to say the moist in between. No, that's terrible. Let's not call it that. Uh, the, the in between, so the damp in between. That's better. The damp in between. That sounds good. It appeals to me. Here we are in the moist in between in your bathrobe. That's all lovely. <laughs> Um, you're the first guest congratulations about 160 episodes in who said the moist in between and i i love you for it. thank you very much <laughs> I'm so so if i may join you now this. slightly obtrusively with a tree in your shower stroke moist bits in between clearing totally and we're, totally we're going to shake your tree now it's all normal we're, we're both grown yeah. up here and i'm going to shake yeah. your tree now so this is where you've been kind enough to think about your responses to the 54321 construct so mm-hmm. five, to have thought about four things that have shaped you three things that inspire you Two things that never fail to grab your attention, and that's where the oh squirrels uh, will come in, mm-hmm. and then a quirky or unusual fact about you, brittle star we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. So over to you to interpret the shaking of your canopy, canopy rather, as you see fit. Um, I think the things that in, that sort of have shaped who I am, um, again, this this sort of verge on the cliche, but I think being a dad, becoming a dad, really shaped who I am now, and I've been a dad for the past 24 years. Um, that's changed me dramatically. Uh, I think that uh, I, this is, I, I was married when I was really young and I got divorced when I was really young and then remarried. I think that shaped me. And then carrying through from that, I think that uh, disappointment and and not achieving certain goals that I thought I had also shaped me and then uh and then finally what shaped me is just the the notion that it's okay to create things it's okay to to sort of express and create things I think without I think that's those are the sort of four things that that stand out to me as like the the things that have made me who I am and made me perceive or filter or 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 process the world um in my head that's and if I may, there, there sounds like the through line there is there is a moment of crisis or in-betweenness again, the failure of a marriage in crisis, followed by yeah. the failure to get where you thought you might be. I mean, was that a disappointment based on a career path you assumed you were on and you weren't or what happened? Yeah, I mean, like the disappointment aspect is uh, is ha- the having those failures or perceived failures where you think, uh, oh, this is who I thought I was and I guess I'm not. And initially it's kind of hurt, it hurts and it's it's a little bit crushing and you get a bit down and depressed. But I've found that, you know, after a little bit of time, you start to realize, well, actually this may be kind of worked out the way it was supposed to. And I don't even mean that in a predetermined destiny way. I kind of mean that in a, uh, this is just a more natural fit. This seems like much, much more comfortable. It's the same way that water will flow <laughs> to things and yes. get into things. It's like, you don't, ha- you can't force water to go in a direction. It'll go in the direction it wants to go. Um, and I so sort of feel a, like that. There's a, there's a fluidity then in your trust in yeah. that journey and process. 
Absolutely. And I think you kind of have to, I, I was actually, I, I, I do this newsletter and, and I do these little weekly posts and thoughts and ponderings and, and uh, uh, the title I have uh, for this coming weeks is something like, uh, I can't remember exactly what it is, but something like, sometimes it's better to go floppy and then hard. And it's really terrible. It sounds dirtier than it is. And it really isn't. But that idea of like, just kind of letting things happen and not being too freaked out over it. Uh, and then getting onto that track and then, and then you can put your effort into really going, you know, full tilt or full speed into what you think is good or what you might be good or what feels good. Um, I can't, it sounds really dirty when I say it, this is terrible. This is taking a terrible turn and I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, it's, it's those moments of realizing, cause I think when you're a kid, you you think to yourself, this is who I am yes. or this is who I want to be. And then as you go through life, you realize, okay, that the picture I had in my head when I was 16 is, is unrealistic. And actually I kind of don't really want that. Yes. It's not even a conscious decision of saying, I don't want to do that. It's just like getting close to those goals and going, this doesn't feel right. And then finding a different path and around it and then realizing, well, I kind of hit all the core elements of what I wanted to do anyway. So that's, that's the main thing. Yes. And then the, the tension when you're always pushing too hard for something, it often doors stay closed because you're just pushing too hard and it's not authentic enough. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's really, it's the Gandhi thing of it's, you know, if you're looking for the answer, stop looking for it. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's letting these things happen. And it's, it's not being apathetic, but I think it's being, uh, willing to learn and willing to adapt i think and i love the idea of sometimes it's fast sometimes it's slow so the ebb and flow yeah. highs the lows lows highs ebb flow and the but at its core there's a flow to everything yeah absolutely i mean i couldn't have i couldn't have possibly imagined you know i've, I've been making social media content and videos for the past 10 years as, a, as my only job and it's supported a family of four and it's that that was unfathomable when I was 16. Like, well, you're going to make films on your phone. Oh, you won't. You'll, you'll hardly ever use it to talk to people. You'll just film and you'll share it with people around the world. And then millions of people will see it. And you're like, well, nah, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but, you know, falling into that and kind of being aware of opportunity and then going, OK, this is the opportunity. I didn't expect this opportunity. Yeah, I didn't plan for this opportunity, but I've got this opportunity. Let's let's just go, you know let's push the pedal to the floor and see, see what we can get. And if I may, at what point did it suddenly the, the door open on a sort of lubricated hinge or the window of opportunity so that it started to go viral for you? Cause a lot of people may want to make films, but you can't necessarily sure. hit that zeitgeist in the way that you have. I mean, I think that there's uh, you know, there's a Thomas Edison quote, which is uh, when opportunity knocks, it often looks like work. <laughs> So people don't answer the door. Um, <laughs> I think it's 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 uh, very true, um, and it happened for me back in. I mean, it was one of the things that, that's unique to my circumstance was that in when I started doing social media videos, we had essentially nothing to lose. We were our we our business from the previous ten years, fifteen years um, had a catastrophic failure, and we were incredibly in debt. And uh, we had the notice in the front door of the house. We came back one day. It's like the whole bit. And it was, it was dire straight. So we had, it was kind of like, okay, let's try this. Let's just see what happens. Uh, and that made it a lot easier. It wasn't like I had a nice job and I was comfortable and I had money. And it was like, well, I'd maybe like to try this. That's, that's really hard to go. Well, I'm just going to drop everything and try it. 
for us, it was more a case of which, whatever, we've struck oil in the backyard. So let's just start building oil rigs. Um, yeah. And so the yeah, us being your wife, Shannon, and, and your two boys. And yes, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So I think for me, it started with, uh, we had a, a viral video in 2013, August of 2013, so 10 years ago. And uh, then we had, we quickly followed, we panicked and we realized how popular it was. We made one immediately the next day. Uh, and it was not as popular, but pretty much as popular. Um, and then made another one a week later in a different format, a different style, because we wanted to do something that was more sustainable that we could do. And uh, that was really successful. And then literally within a month, Disney contacted us and said, would you like to fly to California? We'd like to uh, pay to make some videos and your whole family can come too. And it'll be really fun. And I was like, I, I didn't know you can get paid for this, but okay, let's do this. This sounds better than not having money and yeah. not going to California. So, yeah. And, and at that point, how did you know, you don't have to be specific, obviously, but how did you mm. know what to even charge when that was given to you on a plate of an opportunity? I, I'm, I had no idea whatsoever. I was really kind of at the at the mercy of them to sort of be like, uh, we're going to pay this much money. And the, the amount that they offered for that first uh, batch videos we made for them um, was more than I had made in the previous like four months combined. Yeah. Um, so that was a, that was a convincing. It was and that it was still wasn't a lot of money. Like I wasn't making very much money. Um, but at the same time, it was so much money for us. It was like, well, this is obviously something. And then the big the big hinge point for us was being in California, and it was an event where there was a bunch of other uh, social media personalities who were kind of blown up at the time. So people like, like I don't know if you if you're familiar with Grumpy Cat, the you know, little cat. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. The Grumpy Cat was there, that type of thing. Grumpy Cat got its own trailer, by the way, which I'm still a little bit bitter about. But Grumpy, <laughs> Grumpy Cat's also dead, so who won? Um, <laughs> and uh, but we talked to other content creators. When we were there one evening, and our question, myself and Shannon, was like, well, "What do you do for a living?" And they said, "Well, YouTube." Well, what do you do for a living? Well, I make videos. So what do you do for a living? Well, I do stuff on social media. And it was like, oh, we had no idea you could do this for a living. And we literally just decided, Shannon and I, that night went back to the hotel room and said, okay, we got we to gotta try this. We got to just see what happens over the next you know, year or so and see if we can continue this. And if I may, that's another going back a few paragraphs to the idea of just going with the flow of what's presented. That's where the yeah. tide was taking you or the, or the, the ebb and flow is taking you. Yeah. And I think, again, it's not about being apathetic. It's not about being just blowing where the wind takes you. I think it's a case of being aware of what might be an opportunity with those little blips and opportunities in life, which are fascinating to me, where you get these opportunities and go, this is weird. This is a weird opportunity. I should probably try to do something with it. Work was knocking at the door. It could be hard work, but you're willing to give it a go. Yeah, exactly. 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 So lovely shapages, if I may say. So do you want to say anything else about shaping before I move you on to three things that have influenced you? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I think that just, I think just learning from disappointment, learning from uh, not achieving things that you thought were your goals. And they maybe in retrospect, they end up not being what you actually really wanted or would be comfortable getting or doing. Um, and then having that ability and uh, permission to give yourself uh where you can just create things. It doesn't matter if people like them or not. If you can get things out of your head, that's great. That's good. That's a lovely testament to the creative process as well, trusting your own voice in what it is you want to disclose to the world as well. Absolutely. And it's being able to, again, give yourself permission to do it. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm not good enough. It doesn't matter. There's lots of terrible people making lots of money doing things. So 
You can just do it. Don't worry about that stuff. If you get money, great. If you don't, that's still great. It doesn't matter. They're both great. Fantastic. Now we're on to three things that inspire you. Uh, there could be some overlap. That doesn't matter. But what, what would you like to say about that? Uh, three things that inspire me. I think that uh, weirdly, uh, we've had some terrible news this past week where my wife's sister uh, died and she was quite young and uh, it's terribly and terrifically sad. And I I posted online. I was didn't know what I was going to do, but I had to acknowledge it online because I'd been pretty quiet. And so I posted this sort of little thing talking about her. Um, and the amount of compassion online uh, was very inspiring. It was like, this is okay. People aren't horrible. I think that one of the things that social media mistakenly gives people the impression is that the world is full of horrible people. Um, the world does have a lot of horrible people, but the world has a lot of amazing people as well. And the social the, the social media just makes it easier for the horrible people to be heard. Um, they sound louder, but they're not. They're just, I mean, there were so many lovely things. And I think that, that when I see that for, in that post for myself, and then I think about other times I've seen that compassion online, uh, it makes you remember that it's like you, you just happen to hear the worst easier. Uh, it's easier to hear the worst than it is to sort of know that there's good people there. So it's good to remind yourself of that. I think um, uh, other things that inspire me is is when is watching the stuff that other people create, um, whether it be any kind of, it doesn't matter what the creation is, books, it could be essays, it could be art, it could be videos, it could be anything, music. Um, I just love the idea that people are creating things for the sake of creating things sometimes, which is great. And it's, it's, it's about the process. It's about creating something and, and in the world that wasn't there before. And that's exciting. That's very, very inspiring to me. And I think finally giving birth to ideas. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think that's great. I think that's really important. Um, And then I think one of the other things that really inspires me is way back in 2013, when we were starting, uh, in that fall, just before we went to do stuff with Disney, um, we were at a, a, I was on Vine, an app called Vine, which was 6.4 second looping videos. And that was how we got our start. And uh, I'd been invited to this big meetup thing, a Vine meetup in Toronto at Young Dundas Square. And uh, there was about two or 3,000 people there. And it was just shocking to think that this was like, this is like my phone, except this is the real world impact of it. And I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to go, but I'd been sort of coerced into going and I was invited up on stage. So I'm standing up on stage with like Sean Mendez and stuff like that. who was like 15 at the time and, uh, and all these other really prominent young uh, content creators and creative types. And, but before I got to the stage, I was walking across kind of hesitantly towards the square. And this woman who must've been in about her mid fifties, mid to late fifties ran over to me and gave me a, like, hug me, give me this bigger, big hug. And she said, I want you to know that your videos have gotten me and my family through a really dark time recently. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't know what to say. Uh, and it's not, a, I don't think it's a, it's not a testament to the <laughs> healing power of my comedy. I think it's more the idea that you never know if the thing you're creating and putting into the world might be someone's life preserver. Um, and that's, I think that's incredibly inspiring to me and it has been, and I've been fortunate enough to hear that kind of a, those comments 
from people throughout the years. And that's the thing that motivates me. It's like, sure, I'll put this out. I think it's good. It's good for me, which is a reason enough to do it. Um, but then it's also like, I'll put it out. Maybe a few people will get some value at it. It has some, and it gives the creative aspect some utility, which is really good for yes. me as well. I like that. And if I may just, again, happy smoke for you as well. It comes across really, really warm, comedic and family friendly. So it's it, there's no arrogance to it. What you're putting out is actually genuinely there to just express what you feel, but it's actually got a real kind lens to it. Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, but I think that that's, uh, probably due to the fact that I'm a terrible actor, and I just—it's just, <laughs> just what you see is what you get. This is—it's also about sustainability. I mean, in a more practical sense, it was like when we started doing stuff. It's like we do really crazy things and characters and pranks and stuff, and it was like I don't want to do that for ten years. I don't want to do that continuously. I just have to do what's going to be easiest for me to do and feel most natural. And I think there's enough authenticity, and especially the medium itself is so intimate. People are yeah. holding you in their hands and you know, they're listening on headphones on the bus or on the train or in the bathroom. And it's, it's like, this is the very vulnerable, intimate connection you have with people. And the more authentic you are, the better it is. And the main thrust being the internet's favorite dad is obviously what you crystallize it to be as the main cut and thrust of it. Yeah. And I'll tell you that that internet's favorite dad thing in the bio was uh, there was a, a, an actor named Alan Thicke, who was a very popular uh, sitcom actor, a fellow Canadian as well. Um, and we ended up working with him once in Hollywood with a program called Entertainment Tonight. And great guy, like just a super nice guy. Never heard a bad thing about him, which is lovely, which is amazing. Um, but he used to have in his bio on Twitter america's favorite dad but he spelled favorite the canadian and british way um as a little bit of a nod like you know i'm america's favorite dad but i'm actually canadian um and then he uh, when he died i thought well he's not using it anymore i won't steal it outright but i'll just change it to the internet's favorite dad and i'll just <laughs> steal it like that so we'll it's it's stuck since then which is nice at this moment, just pause briefly. I've just had a signal saying that I've got a low battery because I left my charger yeah. where I shouldn't have done yesterday. So no, just, that's all cool. I've just got to re wrestle with a cable. As I say, I, I made a, a human error yesterday. I left my MacBook charger about 300 miles away in the UK in a place in Harrogate. They're posting it back to me tonight. <laughs> so in the meantime, I've, I've been... <laughs> I've been to Harrogate. There's, oh, I've been to... Uh, there's Harrogate and there's Harrogate. Which one is it? It's Harrogate. Harrogate is Yorkshire, which has got the famous Betty's Tea Rooms in it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm sure that's the one. And it has a there's a big sort of stately home nearby. Yes. But... You've been to the same place, I'm sure. Yeah. So ju just let me just run it around. Do you mind if I dash downstairs? And if you watch your thing, this bit will be edited out. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll entertain the people watching. Ladies and gentlemen, Brittle Star will have to <laughs> mind that I'm doing this for you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bit of comedy. I will be back. I'm just going to get up there and say. Yeah, take your time. It's all good. So, hi, everyone. Um, we're just waiting, actually, as Chris goes downstairs and finds his charger or the spare charger. Um, and if you're watching on Facebook, uh, I would uh, love it if you just drop a little comment and let us know if you're enjoying the show so far. It's going to be edited down to a tight, professional, shiny podcast. Um, but you get to see the guts. You get to see how the sausage is made in the best possible way. And I want you to enjoy this journey. I want you to remember the good bits. And I want you to repress the bad bits if you can. That'd be great. 
Um, I do apologize. My forehead, I look, I can see it now in the live. It's the uh, real shiny. I could de-shine my forehead, but I feel it's too late. We've, we're too far into the program now for me to do that. So I think that you just have to accept the fact that my forehead is shiny and uh, maybe put a piece of tape over the screen where my forehead is and uh, like a, electrical tape, something, you know, opaque. Um, and that will probably help dim the glare and you'll be able to uh, appreciate the show more. There you go. I myself have a shiny head and thank you very much indeed for that seamless filling. <laughs> no editing required. No editing Thank you for required. going with the comedy of modern technology. And yes, I've now, <laughs> there was that wonderful bing sound, which is music to all of our ears because I have power once again. Thank you sincerely for that. And I'll, I'll look forward to listening to, to what you're doing. That's <laughs> gold. So we're now into uh, squirrels. What are the two monsters of distraction? What never fails to grab your attention, irrespective squirrels of whatever else might be going on for you, Brittle Star? Uh, design and intent uh, are, are I, I love good design. Um, if you came to my home, you'd be like, do you? Um, <laughs> yes. But I think that uh, I, I do, I, I, I have, I don't always have the best ability to do a design well. And I mean design by anything, like packaging, doesn't matter if it's packaging, doesn't matter if it's art, doesn't matter if it's whatever the design, clothing, doesn't matter. I'm fascinated by that because that's that's uh, uh, someone who is either finding better ways to do things or trying to find ways that haven't been done yet. Uh, and that's exciting to me. So that's a, that's always like a stop type thing. Uh, but yeah, right down to packaging. I love good packaging. Oh, phenomenal. Fantastic. Love that kind of stuff. And the other thing is uh, uh, music production is another, it will just draw me in. And that's it's something I've shared with both myself and, and both of my sons is that we all share uh, tracks back and forth. Kind of like, listen to this, listen to this. And I've tried to follow, um, I remember reading an article, with, interview with David Bowie from 1990. I want to say two or it might've been that. No, it was 98. And uh, he said that he had someone on his staff who would send him the top 10 CD singles at the time every week. And he would listen to them just to make sure he didn't fall behind. And uh, I thought, I'm going to do that. And so I, it's easier to do now. I don't need I don't need anyone's staff to do that. I just I don't have staff to do that. But I can just listen to it on one of the streaming services every to go through the the new releases every week. And it never. I think there's very rarely a week goes by where I haven't listened to something. Going, wow, that's great. That's just this is, this is the coolest production I haven't. And again, it goes to that idea of like here's someone who has found a way to do something better or someone who has found a way to do something I haven't seen or heard before. There's an opportunity. The gift that would probably keep on giving is Brittle Stars bangers. You can sort of do that <laughs> on the weekly. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like the blue. I don't like the moist in between thing that we've got going on. I don't like the Brittle Stars bangers. It's a whole, maybe it's a whole, it's an OnlyFans account. Maybe that's what I should start. Exactly. <laughs> and so you have had a, a parallel in another world. You would have been a, You'd have been here as a musician, I'm assuming, because it wasn't unsuccessful by the sound of it. No, it was, I mean, we had the first, what's funny is that the first album, Brittle Star album, was licensed by MTV, so it actually made money. It was uh, cross-promoted with Killer's Hot Fuss, their first album on Amazon in the States. Um, so it sold, and uh, and it was heard by a lot of people, which is great. Um, but I think it was just one of those, I think if, if I had been that age now i feel i could have done more 
with it thanks to the way the industry set up and and the mediums have changed I, and i think there's more opportunity like back in in 2004 which doesn't seem well to me it doesn't seem like that long ago it was a long time ago um uh there was i mean you were still sending cds to people and, yes. it's, you know, and it's like that's just unfathomable and it also made it very prohibitive to do anything you're like oh, i have to send out 20 uh, cds that's going to cost me you know, uh, $140 to send out. That's a lot of money to spend out every week just doing stuff. Whereas now you can, you know, you can, you can easily get, uh, you can reach hundreds of thousands of people from your phone, which is crazy. Yes. And I remember hearing stories about how Elton John would always get all of the most up to the yeah. always sent to him in CD form. So you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Similar career trajectories. Absolutely. Obviously. So now we're on yeah. to a quirky or unusual fact about you, Brittle Star, we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. Um, I have told some people about this, and I'll say that slyly. Um, but I, when I was 19, I fell off a cliff and had plastic surgery. Oh. Um, so I fell 70 feet off a cliff. I bounced twice. And I landed thankfully on my face and uh, <laughs> it's a broke, my face broke my fall. And um, I had a, it was a, it was a, a bluff and you could safely go down the bluff to the lake. If you went down zigzag and really hugged the side of the, 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 the bluff itself. And uh, I misstepped and this is, this is good. Yes. Yes, exactly. And uh, I, this is a good lesson for any kids listening. If you're about to fall off a cliff or a bluff and you're trying to get down sideways, don't think you can outrun it. It doesn't work. You can't outrun gravity. Gravity will always speed you up. Um, and I misstepped. And I, instead of leaning into the cliff, I took another step forward. And that was my mistake. And I made I made two giant steps of like 10 feet distance. And then I just flew into the air and then hit twice the way down. And then to add insult to injury, my friend and my girlfriend at the time, uh, they safely, quickly traversed down the side of the bluff to see if I was okay. And I turned around and I, I said to my girlfriend, I think I'm just winded. And when I turned around, she threw up because Ooh. you could see my skull through my face. <laughs> my wow. It had all been ripped, ripped back. Um, and then luckily I, I was able to, I went to the hospital and, uh, there was an intern who was working. It's a holiday Monday, a bank holiday. And uh, the intern said, listen, I'm interning in plastic surgery. I can give you a, stitches. You'll have a scar from your eyebrow to your lip. Or I can give you plastic surgery and you probably won't be able to tell after a number of years. I was like, let's do that. Let's try that. So that's that's why I look so good, is what I'm saying. And how old were you when you bluffed and fell Nin off? <laughs> 19, 19. 19. 19. Sorry it was if you said that, but I'm stunning. What a no, stunning no, that's okay. Story. Yeah, so I was 19, and there's now a fully developed road and beach there. But at the time, they were just putting in the foundation for the, the road. And so it was just large rocks at the bottom, which I landed on. Uh, and they sent an ambulance out to get me. That first ambulance got stuck. They had to take me out of the ambulance, put me into a second ambulance. And they had to carry me further past all the rocks and stuff because they couldn't get the ambulance closer. And uh, my I made the front page of the local paper where I'm it happened. I'm sure you did. So, I mean, alive but bruised. And we having nightmares for years later because that's an absolutely profound near death experience. Well, you know what you know what's phenomenal about it is that when I was uh, being treated, the doctor said to me, in light of how the accident happened, he said, "You're going to have weird precipice vertigo, uh, the top of stairs, the edge of anything." Um, 
And he said, but the weird thing about it is that you're probably going to want to jump. <laughs> and it was really bizarre for a number of years afterwards, I would be at the top of the stairs or like hanging over a balcony. I'd be like, I can just go. And I think it's because there's a, a there must be that endorphin rush, uh, you know, uh, adrenaline rush of just being like, ah, I'm just going to let go. Uh, Cause it's too late. It doesn't matter anymore. And uh, that's a dangerous thing. You shouldn't just let yourself go off the top of the stairs. You should take them one at a time. And that is a relatable condition, by the way. Many, many, I, I experienced it myself, where you, you do mm. have the thought process of, I could just leap off here. And then yeah. you stop yourself. So I'm not sure if that's totally unique to having vertigo or whether that's just, I mean, yeah. people can write in and tell us. I, I, exactly. I assume that it's uh, something we all experience, but obviously you've had a slightly more visceral experience of it than than I certainly have. It's, it was it was a long road to recovery after that. Not tremendously long, but long enough, especially when you're 19 and your girlfriend's renting a place it's the side of the lake, it's lakeside. You're like, I've just ruined it. And I have to wear a back brace and my face is all mangled. So yeah, it's not worth it. Don't don't just let go. It's not a good idea. Not a good idea. But thank you. For, that's a really quirky and unusual fact. Thank <laughs> you for that. We have shaken your tree. Hurrah. So now we're in the uh, sort of slightly damp place in between in your shower. We stay in your clearing. Now we're moving away from the uh, tree, but now we're in the, uh, we're talking about alchemy and gold next. When you're at purpose and in flow, Brittle Star, what are you absolutely happiest doing? Um, I think really specifically, I'll say that it, it's when I'm in the process of, uh, editing videos and the process when I'm mixing music, um, when I've taken all the elements of the, these sort of scattered ideas I have, and then I'm, I'm, they're actually starting to take shape. Uh, that's exciting to me. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't necessarily buy into the idea that people have a purpose in life. I think you just sort of make yourself useful if you can. Uh, and that's how I, that's usually when I sort of feel like I'm, I'm doing something actual which is good yeah and now i'm going to award you with a cake uh, and this is the final rich storytelling metaphor so first of all do you like cake brittle star i mean obviously i love you like, cake you obviously like butter tarts but um you, <laughs> that was what a very of, good canadian <laughs> thank you <laughs> what sort of um cake would you like then uh let's see i would like uh i would like an uh angel food cake no carrot cake i want carrot cake with an ice cream cheese icing it shall be yours. And in fact, this is a dog's toy that looks a bit like a carrot cake. So it does. So thank you very much. Now you get to put a cherry on the cake in the form of what's a favorite inspirational quote. You gave us a beautiful Edison one earlier on. But what's yeah. a favorite Edison? Sorry, not a favorite Edison quote. What's a favorite inspirational quote that's always given you sucker and pulled you towards your future? Um, it's there's this is a really sort of niche, but I, there's a, a, a documentary film made in 1954 about where the town where I live, Stratford, Ontario. And there used to be really briefly here, the town used to uh, be the center for the Grand Trunk Railway. Uh, we would there was a huge industry to repair locomotive trains, like steam locomotive trains, and uh, that industry fell apart. And so they had to do something. It's very similar to my little journey, which is really weird. Um, but they had to do something and come up with an idea to save the town, essentially. So they said we're going to make it's called Stratford. Let's make uh, a Shakespeare festival the shakespearean festival and so they hired uh tyrone guthrie the famous british director stage director uh from the times to come over and guide them through this process of setting up this shakespearean festival and sorry my nose is itchy 
There we go. That's better now. Um, and in 1954, they did this in 1952. In 1953, they opened the theater. In 1954, they filmed a documentary recreating the process of setting up the theater. And they had Alec Guinness in it. They had Irene Worth in it. They had Tyrone, Tyrone Guthrie. They all came to do this documentary and reenact these meetings. It's, you know, Bob so-and-so's house on Coburg Street. And that just like, just really, it was really weird for a tiny town at the time, 20,000 people. And it was an Oscar nominated film. Um, anyway, in the middle of this film is one of the meeting that's happening. And this is, this is, I'm getting to the quote. Uh, in the middle of the, this meeting one time, they, they talked to Tyrone Guthrie about how they want, they need something to save the town. They want to do the Shakespeare Festival. They have this idea to do this. And, uh, and it all seems so far-fetched and it probably won't happen. And it's, it's, it's not going to, not worth the effort. And he says, impractical, it may be, but important, surely. And that's kind of been, since I learned that quote about, again, about 10 years ago, um, uh, that I've kind of clung to that, that idea of like, yes, it, these sometimes things are impractical, but they might be important to do them. So that can be anything that could be like right down to prior to starting uh, getting into social media, we took a trip to Scranton, Pennsylvania, because it was the the location, fictional location of uh, the office, the American version of the office. And we were going to the cast party and we had no reason to go. We had no money to go. It was like, but we just, this is, we should go. And really it was one of those pivotal moments where it was like, this is impractical, but it was obviously very important because it's kind of changed our perspective. And now we've got new hope and new pep in our step. Wonderful. So just position the quote again, so it just hangs on its own. Sure. Uh, impractical it may be, but important, surely. And Tyrone's lovely. Yeah. What's the uh, what notes, help, or advice might you proffer with the gift of hindsight to a younger version of yourself, Brittle Star? Um, I would say to uh, enjoy the process and don't sweat the disappointments because you'll they end you get something out of them anyway similar vein that's a lovely answer to uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given oh, i think um the best piece of advice i've ever been given uh has been to keep going i think that idea of just i mean that's another quote essentially a churchill quote if you find yourself going through hell keep going uh, it's also a Stephen Duffy song from a lot of time. Keep going. Uh, there's just that notion of just just one foot after the other. Just keep moving. Lovely. We're ramping up now to a bit of Shakespeare, and I'll explain a bit about that in a second. But just before we get there, this is the past the golden baton moment, please. So having experienced this now from within, who would you most like to keep the golden path of the story trail going? Who would you most like to pass the golden baton on to, would you say? I would like to, and if she hasn't done it before, I think it would be really great to hear from Rosie Holt. I think that'd be amazing. She's a comedian. Um, I've been lucky enough to make a couple of videos with her in the UK. And uh, I think she's doing a, she's done an, an amazing show run at the Edinburgh Festival, the Fringe Festival. And uh, yeah, I think she'd have some phenomenal stories now. She's, she's like, I think that she's going to be an absolute superstar. I know who you mean, actually, and she's indeed wonderful. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to 
um, pass the golden baton along to her. She doesn't have to say yes, it's just an open question. Thank you. And now, inspired by Shakespeare, and thank you sincerely for that, and now, inspired by Shakespeare and all the world's a stage with all the men and women, merely players, this is about legacy now, how, when all is said and done, Brittle Star, would you most like to be remembered? I think when I was young, I wanted to be remembered as like some sort of serious artist. And I think I, as I get older, I care less about that. And I really just want to, having sort of experienced, you know, how you think of people who have who've died and and they've, what they left behind and stuff. And I think how I'd like to be remembered is by people saying, he was all right. That's good. That's good enough. Where can we find out all about you and indeed your forthcoming tour even? Welcome to the Stupid Apocalypse, Survival Tips for Dumb, Dumbageddon. Where can we find out all about you on the internet? So you can find about uh, me and social media. Just look for at Brittlestar, B-R-I-T-T-L-E-S-T-A-R. Uh, look for my smiling face with my glasses and uh, you can find me at Brittlestar.com. Wonderful. As this has been your moment in the sunshine in the Good Listening to Show, Stories of Distinction and Genius, is there anything else you'd like to say? I just want to thank you for having me on. This has been an absolute delight. And uh, it's made me think about things today that were probably good to think about. So, Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the wonderful social media phenomenon that is Brittle Star, who, don't forget, put sex and gold into a blender. <laughs> you get a butter tart. In fact, can you say it? Because it'll, it'll sound lovely in your Canadian twang. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you put sex and gold into a blender, you get a butter tart. There you go. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed, and uh, good night. So, thank you very much indeed to my wonderful guest, Brittle Star, Stuart Reynolds, the internet's favourite dad. Don't forget to check out the Good Listening To Show new website at www.thegoodlisteningtoshow.com. And if you too would like to be my guest, then there are a number of series strands that will explain exactly how you can be my guest to reach a large global audience care of my show on UK Health Radio with an audience reach of 1.3 million and growing across 54 countries. So if you'd like to showcase uh, your story, your brand, your business, your book, then have a look at the various series strands and then get in touch to get involved. Care of the website www.thegoodlistening2show.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to The Good Listening To Show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's myself. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from The Clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme, that's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's... At that Chris Grimes. So until next time, from me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio, and from Stan... To your good health. And goodbye.